Hello, and welcome to the Vexillogicast. Blocks away from the 1844 nativist riots, which eventually led to the 1854 consolidation of Philadelphia, I'm Simon the Cannibal. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the flags of the island of Ireland. Before I do that, might I remind you that you can head on over to vexillogicast.com, that is V-E-X-I-L-L-O-G-I-C-A-S-T dot com for more information. Also, I won't trouble you too much at the moment, but I promise to give a full explanation of myself why I haven't quite recorded anything since August at the end of this. So if you're someone who cares about that, you can listen to it. If you're someone who doesn't care, you can skip over it at the end of the episode. And so, with no further ado, the flags of the island of Ireland. No story of Ireland would be complete without mentioning St. Patrick. St. Patrick lived around the 5th century. He was a slave taken to, from the British Isles to Ireland, uh, later became a bishop, and um, again lived in the 5th century. By the 7th century, he was already considered the patron saint of Ireland. He has a cross associated with him um, that most people don't know about, but being that this is the Vexillogicast, the flag that we need to talk about is the St. Patrick's Saltire, which is a red X on a white field. This was a flag that was kind of assigned to St. Patrick by the British in 1783. Before then, St. Patrick was more or less represented by his iconography. This would be the shamrock. This would be the color blue, which it is interesting to me that St. Patrick's color is the color blue, but his flag, again, is a red saltire on a white background, which is also the basis of the flag of Alabama and Florida, but for different reasons. So we have St. Patrick's saltire, again, being introduced in 1783, the red saltire on a white flag. And this was promulgated so that it could be integrated into the Union flag of the UK. That change was brought about due to an Irish rebellion. Ireland wanted better representation in the UK, and part of that was acknowledging that Ireland was part of the UK on the UK flag. And again, the Union flag was adopted in 1801, uh, the current Union flag, and that's the one with St. Patrick's saltire that is fimbriated with St. Andrew's saltire and, of course, St. George's cross that currently represents the UK. But I'm jumping ahead a little bit too much by going into the 1700s and the 1800s, where I should start in the 1500s. There's another symbol that represents Ireland, and that is a gold harp with silver strings on a blue background. And this is kind of the representation of the Kingdom of Ireland. Uh, official date for that is 1542 until, uh, well, a long time. And again, this is that blue and gold that actually represents Ireland that most people say, well, obviously it should be green. Again, this is a golden harp, sometimes depicted with a lady as uh, part of the harp with silver strings. Apparently that's very important on a blue field. Uh, this flag is still in use today although slightly modified. Uh, in 1945, it was adopted as the presidential flag of the Republic of Ireland, although in the presidential flag, it does not have a lady as part of the harp. I don't know what you call that. It's like a masthead and has golden strings, not silver strings. 
and I couldn't quite find why that is. Many of you, however, would recognize the golden harp, possibly with silver strings, on green as being a very American symbol of Ireland. Uh, this is the current naval jack, again, a, a golden harp on green. So we have a little bit about St. Patrick, and I have a little bit about the Kingdom of Ireland flag, which again is the current presidential standard. I wanted to talk momentarily about the four, I wanted to talk a little bit about the four provincial flags, starting with the province of Leinster, which I hope that I'm pronouncing correctly, which is a gold harp on green, and that was adopted in the 17th century, or at least can be dated back to the 17th century. I'm not sure how much there is to say about the flag of Leinster, other than it's a derivation of the Kingdom of Ireland flag. Some guy flew it on a ship, and they kind of kept it. The second provincial flag that I'll mention again just very briefly is the flag of Munster, and that is three golden crowns on a blue field. This was adopted in the 16th century, possibly to represent three different kings, uh, the O'Briens, the Butlers, and the Fitzgeralds. How much of that is true and how much is legend is up to you, as a lot of this is. That is the flag that represents Munster. The third provincial flag that I'm going to mention is the, or the third of four provincial flags, is the flag of Connacht, which again was adopted in the 17th century, and that is a vertical bicolor flag of white and blue. On the white half of the flag, there is a black eagle, but just half of a black eagle. And on the blue half of the flag, there is an armor-clad arm holding a sword. It's a bit complicated, but not super complicated. It's very distinct. You can definitely draw it once you figure it out. Uh, again, I recommend going to vexillogicast.com to check out an image of the flag. There is some debate about where it comes from, especially since there is a very similar flag in Regensburg in Bavaria in Germany. And some people link them though I'm not sure how true that link is. Finally, the last provincial flag is the flag of Ulster. The flag of Ulster, not to be confused with the Ulster banner, is a red cross on a yellow flag, and in the center there's a red right hand on a white shield. The red hand of Ulster is um, a pretty famous symbol. It's not sure if that comes from an Irish family, or if it's a reference to early Catholicism being the right hand of God. And the red cross on a gold background comes from one of the noble families in Ireland. This flag, or some version of it, dates back to the 13th century. And so before we get into a little bit of the controversial stuff regarding Ireland and its flags, I wanted to mention that as a less controversial move, what will often happen is that an organizer, say, of a sporting league will take these four flags, quarter them on one flag, uh, which achieves two purposes. One, it's an apolitical. These are all the four provinces of Ireland coming together to play a sport. And also, it cuts the cost of the, the flag from printing four flags to printing one flag. So now it's time to dive into Northern Ireland. So I'd like to call back to the flag of the province of Ulster, while that's fresh in your mind, before we talk about Ireland as a whole and republicanism and that sort of thing. To not do justice to the subject, when 
the Republic of Ireland split from the UK. They left behind a few counties. All of these counties were inside the province of Ulster. The flag of Northern Ireland, also referred to as the Ulster Banner, is that red hand, again from the flag of Ulster. This time, instead of being on a white shield, it's on a white six-sided star with a crown on top, and all of that is on top of a red cross on a white field. So instead of being on a red cross on a yellow field, like the flag of Ulster, it's a red cross on a white field, much like the flag of St. George that represents England. From 1953 until 1972 or 73, depending on what you're reading, the Ulster banner was used by the Parliament of Northern Ireland to officially represent Northern Ireland until the Parliament of Northern Ireland was abolished in 1973. So as mentioned, and as you probably know, the Republic of Ireland split off from the UK, leaving behind Northern Ireland. And so there are some flags that go along with that political split. I'm going to talk about two early nationalist flags, specifically the sunburst flag and the starry plow flag. In the 1800s, to represent the nationalists in Ireland, they employed a sunburst flag, and this is either a yellow sun on a green background that looks like it's rising up, so it's just like half a sun on a green background, or an orange sun on the bottom left-hand side of the flag shooting out over a blue sky. This is kind of the mirror, a vertical mirror of the canton, so instead of the top left, it's the bottom left. There is an orange sun shooting rays out onto a blue flag. Both of these flags come from Irish myth, the Fianna. I'm probably saying that entirely wrong. The Fianna being Irish warriors that referred to themselves as the sunburst. The starry plow flag made its appearance in the 1900s. This is a flag depicting what Americans call the Big Dipper. In this case, it's presented as a plow. And again, this is a Irish Republican, Irish nationalist symbol. And this was flown during the 1916 Easter Rising. There's one version that is a gold plow with some silver stars on a green background. There's another version that is a blue background with white stars, kind of an easy reader version of the Alaskan flag. And both versions of these flags are used by trade unionists, uh, socialists, uh, nationalists, and Republican groups to represent a united Ireland. So now that we've gone through some historical flags, we've gone through the flags of the four provinces of Ireland, uh, the flag of Northern Ireland, uh, also known as the Ulster Banner, a couple of Republican slash nationalist flags, the sunburst flag and the starry plow flag. It's time to talk about the current flag of the Republic of Ireland, which is that iconic green, white, orange, vertical tri-band that you probably immediately thought of when you saw this episode pop up in your playlist. The story goes that this was a gift to Thomas Francis Meagher in 1848 from a group of French people. They saw the Irish trying to build a nationalist movement a Republican movement to push against the monarchy of the United Kingdom. And so they modeled basically a recolored French flag. In this case, the green representing the Irish people, uh, the Gaelic tradition, the orange representing the William of Orange and the Protestants, and the white 
representing a lasting truce and peace. So again, presented in 1848 uh, to Thomas Francis Meagher, who I'm going to talk about in an upcoming episode, this flag got traction and it was raised above the general post office in Dublin during the Easter Rising of 1916. Because of its simplicity, because of its symbolism, it was used by the Irish Republic during the Irish War of Independence, the Irish Free State, and is, of course, currently used to represent Ireland on a national stage. Due to its use in nationalist and Republican circles, it is sometimes considered somewhat controversial, especially in, say, Northern Ireland. And so that's where you see the four provinces flag being flown to represent, say, Irish athletes and that sort of thing. That being said, it's a pretty good flag. It goes back to that flipping a triband on its side uh, that I believe we talked about in the episode on France where you have republics overthrowing monarchies or getting rid of monarchies in France, in Ireland, I believe in Italy, though I suppose I'll have to wait to confirm that for our Italian episode, whenever that is. And I'm sure in Mexico too, whenever I do Mexico. But you see this kind of vertical triband as a, you know, hey monarchy, get out, we're a republic now. And so we have the Irish green, white, orange. All right, thank you again for listening. In the next episode, I hope to go into a little bit more about the Irish diaspora. Um, my notes for this episode were really long, and we've covered, I think, 10 flags already. And I have another 5 to 7 that I want to talk about. So I'm just going to break that off into another episode. And I do want to talk about Thomas Francis Meagher a little bit more, because he's got a cool story. But again, I'll do that in episode 32. Finally, I just wanted to apologize for not having an episode out for the past few months. I don't have any real good excuse, whether it's uh, seasonal depression, maybe, whether it's being busy with work and stuff. Uh, sure, you know, uh, uh, my work really picks up from September to about April. So I will say that that somewhat influenced this and you see that you're now getting episodes now that it's April. Also, I've been trying to start three different YouTube series and do a little bit more writing. The writing especially is an easier way to say, oh, I've accomplished something today and I can just carry around paper in my pocket rather than bringing my whole recording setup and then editing a recording down. I'm also just a really lazy person, so there's that too. I hope to have episodes for you throughout the summer. I'm going to record episode 32 for you right after I finish recording this, and then hopefully edit them both together, although release them at a different time. I'm not sure what episode 33 is going to be on, but I'll try and get that out soon as well. Thanks for listening, and best wishes from the Vexilogicast. <laughs> <laughs>